Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no Spice Girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. For just being me. Amy Winehouse. Back to Black. Directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R. Under 17. Not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Oh, boy. Welcome to America, the podcast. Wait. Is that is that what we're calling it now? I, I don't no. think that's true. We've just had Shit. like two episodes on international turfs. So I think Shit. we are going to... We're trying to Shit. be a little beyond America. I, f- I fucked it up. I fucked it up. Well, th- that's the podcast. Goodbye, everybody. See, usually at this point you say, Garrison, take over. Uh, all right, well, let's uh, let's get into this. What are we talking about today? Who are we? Where are we? What is life? Uh, where it could happen here. Where is God? Final episode of the war on trans people, which mm-hmm. means when this episode when this episode is done, that means the war will be over. We did yep. it, everybody. And whatever gods once were have long abandoned this place. We did get pretty good news about the governor of Utah, kind of surprising me here. Uh, yeah, that, that just hit. That's nice. There's the there's that. I mean, luckily, it looks like some of some of the bills that we've talked about actually have been shut down at this point. Yes, the Wisconsin, yes. The Wisconsin bill got shut got got kind shut of down in, surprisingly and in very very recently. Like, uh, yeah, past few days. Yeah, um, there's uh, a looks like there's still going to be injunctions on any investigations in Texas until the case gets uh, put up. Yeah, to higher, that's still to very courts. much in the air. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's 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 still in the courts, but it's like it's it's trying. It, at least it's kind of paused right now. And it, yeah. it's going to get settled at some point in uh, either the lawsuit yeah. or in higher courts. So we'll see. Yeah. We'll see how that develops. But for right now, things seem to be, things seem to be paused and some states are not are not fully passing it. I know there was um, a, uh, a walkout by Disney employees today yeah. about uh, over the don't say gay bill. And we're going to see if that's going to get signed. Um, so, yeah, still still up yeah. in the air. But we're going to be talking about something a little bit different we're gonna do some we're gonna do some time travel oh boy that's that's what i, I had to say was oh boy yeah so we're we're, we're, go, we're going to go back to another time in which there was a for a very brief period a uh massive expansion in the knowledge about and sort of but both knowledge about and appearance of and safety of trans people and then it all catastrophically came crashing down oh good 
And to help us with that is Robert Evans, my <laughs> boss. <laughs> Hi, everybody. How are we doing? Garrison, how, how, how are we doing? Oh, I'm doing actually fine. Yeah. I'm just, I'm just waiting for you to do your job and not pass well, it over to me. all right. Me. So the important thing to understand is that, like, the kind of very concept of not just gay rights, but, like, our, our modern attitudes towards, like, what it means to be uh, homosexual and trans all have their origins in Germany in the, not, not just in the post-war period, but really the last couple of decades of the, uh, the Kaiser and the Weimar Republic. Like, that is where kind of the modern Western attitudes towards what it, like, is to be homosexual really get formed. Because obviously, like, gay people have existed for forever. There's quite a bit of documentation. But if you look at, like, for example, you know, two-spirit folks within some indigenous American cultures, that's a very different attitude towards, um, like, what, uh, like, trans compared people, to, I suppose. Compared to like the Western seeing, idea of gender yeah, identity. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so it, this is like there. Like there's Western quote unquote, you know, whatever. Yeah, there's the actual thing that's going on, and like the the individual sexuality, and then there's kind of the the public concept of what it is, um, and and that is really forming in uh, probably the seminal moment that kind of starts this progress is in August 29th, eighteen sixty seven, when a lawyer named Karl Heinrich Ulrichs goes before the Sixth Congress of German Jurists in Munich. Um, to urge them to repeal laws forbidding sex between men. So again, there is still a Kaiser, and like this is this is before Germany is actually uh, fully a nation, right? Because 1870 is when that happens. So Germany doesn't even really exist at this point. There's a series of like kings kind of being welded together slowly into a German state, and there is a lawyer getting up in front of like the council of different German jurists to urge an end to the laws that make it illegal for for men to have sex with each other. Now, one thing that's important to note is that obviously there are lesbians in this period of time, as again, there have been throughout all of history. That's not really a legal problem, right? They do not face really legal repression. And and the, I mean, not to say that like there's not repression and things that they're dealing with, but it's not the same as as it is for like men who want to be in relationships with men. That's It's in fact a lot easier for women to be kind of like, and this is not just Germany, to be built, to like kind of say like, this well, even like you know, we're Victorian friends period. and we live together, right? Yeah. Like we're aunties yeah. and we live together. Like we're- Gal, gal like, pals. Yeah, that, that, that because, in part because men just like, I think a lot of like the men in this period just assume it's impossible, like that women would do that. Um, or, or the other side of it is like, femininity is always presentary. It's always mm -hmm. like it's viewed as soon as a beauty symbol. So it makes more sense for women to find other women attractive because that's what beauty is, mm -hmm. is when is performative femininity. So like, that's like way more obvious and it doesn't make sense for, but it, and it makes less sense for men to find other men attractive. And that's way more taboo because of the way that messes with like patriarchy. Um, so yeah, there could be a ver like gender studies and sexuality studies. You know, have a lot of theorizing yeah. for how this is developed. But yeah, this this idea you can even see in like Victorian era and like Renaissance right. era of yeah women who who live together and are very good friends, very very right, very close and friends. I hope people don't feel like I'm trying to like flatten the history of like the concept of of being a lesbian in the West. No, no, to, no, yeah. to to that at all, or trying to for that matter flatten like. Uh, homosexuality between men, but w I am kind of making the point, and I, I, I am not the the person who are kind of initially made this point. The scholarly work that I'm kind of basing my research on this on largely right now, and we're, we're going to do an episode of Behind the Bastards that gets in to more of this, I think, in the near future, but it's a book called Gay Berlin by Robert Beachy. Um, and in, in the book, one of the things that Beachy argues is that even though obviously same-sex love is as old as the existence of, quite a bit older actually than the existence of human beings, um, the public discourse around it and like the uh, the political attempt to win rights for gay people starts in Germany in the late 1800s, and it starts in this conference in 1867. Um, and and the the guy who does this, Ulrichs, is a number one is a gay man, um, and he had he had been open kind of to his relatives. He had started in the period before he gets up in front of all these lawyers to be open with like his family members that he was homosexual. Um, 
but he had never like he was not publicly out. And so on the same day that he appeals for a change in the legal code to make homosexuality legal in the German states is the day he comes out publicly as a gay man. Like he does oh, wow. both of these things yeah. at the Jeez. same time. And what I want to read a quote from a New yeah. York. Yeah, it's quite a Jeez. moment. What a, what a move. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> um, I want to read a quote from a New Yorker article that's covering all of this. And it's based again on the book Gay Berlin. Quote, he faced an audience of more than 500 distinguished legal figures, and as he walked to the lectern, he felt a pang of fear. There is still time to keep silent, he later remembered telling himself. Then there will be an end to all your heart pounding. But Ulrichs, who had earlier disclosed his same-sex desires in letters to relatives, did not stop. He told the assembly that people with a sexual nature opposed to common custom were being persecuted for impulses that nature, mysteriously governing and creating, had implanted in them pandemonium erupted, and Ulrichs was forced to cut short his remarks. Still, he had an effect. A few liberal-minded colleagues accepted his notion of an innate gay identity, and a Bavarian official privately confessed to similar yearnings. In a pamphlet titled Gladius Furens, or Raging Sword, Ulrichs wrote, I am proud that I found the strength to thrust the first lance into the flank of the Hydra of public content. It'd be like that sometimes, buddy. Incredibly based. <laughs> wow. What a... If there's a heaven, I hope this mm -hmm. dude made it there. Because wow, what an absolute chat! Yeah, <laughs> unbelievable. <laughs> yeah. So no, but like, what a like, like yeah, the the astonished, like the astounding bravery that that takes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um. It, wow. And he's essentially the first gay activist in a modern Western political context. Um. And it's interesting, like. Uh, within kind of the uh, the next couple of years, things start to happen very quickly. Uh, two years later, in 1869, uh, an, Austri nice. an Austrian writer, I know, right, named Karl <laughs> Kurtbenny, um, who is kind of fighting sodomy laws. In, and, and sodomy laws are laws that make everything that's not like missionary position sex illegal. Yes. They're obviously targeted towards, towards gay men primarily. Um, so Karl Kurtbenny create like he's the guy who invents the term homosexuality. Like like two years after this is part of his like fight against uh, these anti-sodomy laws. Um, in the 1880s, uh, a Berlin police commissioner makes the decision to stop prosecuting gay bars. Um, and in fact, okay. not only does he stop doing this, but he starts leading tours of the gay districts in Berlin just to like show off, like, look at how Whoa. tolerant Berlin is. <laughs> it's it's kind of dope, such, right? That's such yeah. a weird, wow. Yeah. What, a, what a weird picture to put in your head, at least even like, yeah. I mean, yeah, this fucking cop like, being like, why are we arresting these people? Let's show this off. <laughs> yeah. Wow. That is, that is boggling. Yeah. So uh, in 1896, the very first gay magazine starts publishing in Germany, in Berlin, really. Do you want to know what it's called? Yeah, of course. Why? Of course I do. <laughs> the German name is Der Eigen, uh, and that means the self-owning. Like, that's great. That's, <laughs> it's, pretty, it's pretty fucking cool. Um, so the very next year, 1897, one of the primary heroes of the early gay rights struggle, physician Magnus Hirschfeld, uh, starts the Scientific Humanitarian Committee, which is the first organized gay rights group in Western history, at least. Yeah. Um, so by the start of the 20th century, a lot of stuff is in place, right? And I, I think I am even have been a little bit guilty of this in the past, of kind of focusing so much on Weimar Germany. Yeah. Um, and all of the stuff that happens around gay rights there and how progressive it was. This is building in Germany. Again, we don't consider the Kaiserreich as a particularly no. progressive no. place, but all of this is happening under the Kaisers. And it, 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 there's, there's so many things that are happening in the 1890s and the start of the 1900s that directly mirror things that are happening in the United States in the 1980s. In fact, right as the century turns, um, you start getting an advocate, one of the first gay rights advocates in gay literature uses the phrase, coins the phrase, staying silent is death, to like talk about the importance of gay literature. Of, 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 and talk, yeah. yeah. Which wow. is essentially the same slogan this, that gay rights the, activists picked yeah, during the AIDS. The same epidemic. stuff we're talking about right now yeah. with all of yeah. like, with all of like the yeah. um, uh, with with all like the book bannings taking yeah. you know doing a massive sweep sweep of that the past the past few years. Yeah, this is 1900. Like basically, that this is starting. Time to is a flat circle. <laughs> <laughs> um. So yeah, and there's you know there's even there's a lot of um 
activists start to complain and start to try to complain both within like their own magazines and within like more public magazines about things like negative depictions of gay people in popular novels. Um, yeah. There start to be the first arguments about whether or not it's morally right to out people who are gay but who are attached to anti-gay organizations because that starts wow. happening in this period yeah. of time. No, absolutely. Yeah. Um, it's, it's fucking wild how no. old all of this is. <laughs> Nothing new under the sun. Yeah. No, but like, um, but this is also like the first time it happened in these types of countries in these societies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah this but is, like, yeah. it is that it is. So yes, time's a flat circle. But this is also like the first time it's happened, and it's just kind of been rehappening ever since then. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Me. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no spy girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. For just being me. Amy Winehouse, Back to Black, directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R, under 17, not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. It's important to note, I didn't, I didn't covers when we start talking about Ulrichs. Well, there's a lot of people who get angry, and obviously Ulrichs is not successful in repealing the anti-homosexuality uh, laws. Um, when he makes his speech, in addition to the people who are like yelling at him to sit down, there are like German deputies yelling, no, 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 let him continue, let him continue. Like he needs to be allowed to talk. Um, so even like in this period of time, there are non-gay people at a fairly high level in German politics who are like, vocal allies and starting to become vocal allies, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty fascinating. So, um, obviously world, world war one happens, um, doesn't go great for Germany. Uh, but you know, we, we get after that, the Weimar Republic and the Weimar Republic is kind of the traditional era in which we talk a lot about, you know, gay rights starting to really move forward in significant ways. And, uh, so there's a lot of, um, even kind of into the early 1930s, some pretty interesting things that are happening in German society in like the mainstream elements of it. There's a film called Mädchen in Uniform in 1931, which is the first like positive portrayal of lesbians in Western cinema. Okay. Um, like 31 is like, again, we're talking like right before uh, yeah. uh, the Nazis kind of kind of come around. Um and yeah, there's these like this 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 police commissioner that we chatted about earlier. I think is one of the people who's most interesting to me. We're gonna get to Hirschfeld a bit in a, in a little bit, but this this guy is named Leopold von Mierscheidt Hulsheim. 
Um, I'm not going to get that right. No. Uh, but he's a big <laughs> part of when, when we talk about Gay Berlin, particularly during the Weimar years, even though he's like during while well, the, the Kaiser's in, he's uh, why Gay Berlin really happens in a lot of ways. Um, and it's in part because like he decides to stop cracking down on on gay people. Um, and like he's not gay, although his boss is, which is part of like what makes it easier um, for him to do this. And there's like a lot of debate about why he does this, because he's not like a gay rights activist. Some people say that it's because um, he's worried that like gay people will become politically radicalized by the Reds. And so if you stop <laughs> cracking down on them, they won't go communist. Like the, yeah. there's a lot of like debate about like why he does this. Um, he's also, there, there's a number of things that he, like he takes a lot of data on, on gay people in Berlin and he does this on everybody. He's a big data guy. So it, it's not particularly, uh, um, harmful in his era, but it some of the stuff that he gathers will be used by the Nazis later, um, which is kind of a broader thing about like the wisdom of not letting the government get access to this. Like he has, he founds a department of homosexuals in 1885 that like lists the people that they know are gay. And, and again, like this is all, so it's really a complicated thing that's, that's happening here. Cause he's not, he's not this like thoroughly sympathetic figure. He's doing a lot of stuff that's that's weird and that will later have negative outcomes. But he's also, by ending police persecution of gay people, um, at least in an organized way, really allowing gay culture to to blossom um, in Berlin. Uh, and it's 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 yeah. I'm going to read another quote from that <laughs> New Yorker article here. For whatever reason, Mirscheid Hulsenheim took a fairly benevolent attitude towards Berlin's same-sex bars and dance halls, at least in the better-heeled parts of the city. He was on cordial terms with many regulars, and none other than August Strindberg testified in his autobiographical novel, The Cloister, which evokes a same-sex costume ball at the Café National, and this is in 1898. The police inspector and his guests had seated themselves at a table in the center of one end of the room, close to which all the couples had to pass. The inspector called them by their Christian names and summoned some of the most interesting among them to his table. So he's kind of like going on safari, like um, among the, the gay people in Berlin. Like there, there's a lot of weird, it's it's weird in a lot of way. Um, but he's also, one of the things he does is he provides police help to gay people who are being blackmailed and like threatened with outing. Um, and he'll even like counsel them on how to handle it. Like he provides like counselors and stuff. And he does this in part because like he's worried about um, them committing suicide because they're being blackmailed, which is like a real problem in Germany and a bunch of other places. Um, yeah. And this guy, like why this police commissioner winds up killing himself kind of in the early 1900s, I think, because he wound up getting found to be taken bribes from some millionaire who gets in a lot of legal trouble for raping somebody. So, again, he is a sketchy dude, but he's yeah, also yeah. like because he's he's got this weird, almost like voyeuristic fascination with gay people um, and some legitimate because there are legitimate humanitarian concerns. He's really worried about people committing suicide as a result of blackmail. So he's one of these figures. I, I, we don't talk about enough in history where it's like the overall outcome of this guy's uh, at work is pretty positive, but he does it for this like really confusing mix yeah. of reasons. He's just a very strange figure in history. Well, I, I think it's interesting looking at him like like comparing him to like if you look at like what the U.S. is doing in the fifties, right? Where there's this whole thing about like gay people are getting are going to get are getting blackmailed, mm -hmm. and the you know the the U.S. the entire U.S. security state loses its mind and becomes convinced that like these people are all going to become Soviet agents, and you know and, and instead of like doing counseling, that there's there the thing that they do is they they do the lavender scare and they start purging every gay person yeah. they can find from the entire U.S. government, and it's like you know it, it's 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 interesting <laughs> that like yeah this is this is a guy in. Like late 1800s, early 1900s, like like literally ruled by a monarch Berlin, and his yeah. policies are enormously better than like anything you're gonna see for like half a century. He's he is way more woke on 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 this than like any New York police officer for a century. Uh, today, <laughs> you know, like, yeah, up, to, up to the present day, in a lot of ways. Like, yeah. So let's talk about Magnus Hirschfeld a bit. Um. Hirschfeld is very influenced by Ulrich, the guy we started the story with. His first, like, publication on the matter is called Sappho and Socrates in 1896, which is, again, it's a story of a gay man who gets coerced into marriage. So this, like, 
uh, and, and who commits suicide as a result. So there's like a big, with both, um, you know, this police commissioner with Hirschfeld, with a lot of people who are becoming activists in this period, a big part of why is for one reason or another, the suicide rate among gay people, um, which is a, a, a huge problem today for for trans people in particular. And this is what, it's interesting, like the, that Utah governor, you know, made the announcement today that like, he's vetoing this trans sports band in Utah. And he specifically cites like, the suicide rate among trans people is so like high and it it he he could not morally conscience doing anything that would like make these kids feel othered and likelier to commit well, suicide. I mean, okay, let, 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 let's 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 not go that far. He 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 was he was willing he was willing to do the commissions. He just wasn't willing to do a full ban. Yeah, like, I'm, I'm just saying the the justification he yeah, gives for yeah. what he's doing is like um the is is the the rate of of suicide attempts among trans yeah. people. Um not to like whitewash that guy or Utah. Like again, we've been doing this whole week's episodes, but it's interesting that you get um again, it's just kind of like the the issue for a long time has been that when you like other people and make it dangerous for them to be who they are openly, they will kill themselves. Um a lot of them will, and that's that's a thing that is even by very problematic people in Germany in the 1890s, folks recognize that like this is a huge issue. Um, so yeah, uh, Hirschfeld um, starts this first organization, this like gay rights organization, um, and he also is doing like a huge amount of of research. Um, he is again, he's following in Ulrich's footsteps because he too believes that that homosexuality is congenital, right? It's something you're born with as opposed to like a choice people make because of, of deviance or whatever, which is still the big fight that we're having to this day. And he's also like, it's hard to, there's a lot that like you can criticize about Hirschfeld scientifically and a lot of the research he does, among other things, there's like difficulty with like control groups and actually like being uh, uh, the kind of scientific sort of detachment that is necessary to study. There's like critiques of his of his research that are valid. But one of the he's he's really like it's wild how far ahead of the curve he is, because one of the things that Hirschfeld introduces is the idea that sexuality is a spectrum um, where there's what he calls sexual intermediaries between male and female. Um, he doesn't believe that like those are even particularly useful terms, that sexuality kind of like it, it, it again, that it's a spectrum, which is this thing that we are just now really starting to have good, wider kind of range in conversations about today. Um, and Hirschfeld is very much like kind of utopian in his belief that if you can scientifically study and understand where homose like what homosexuality is and that it is an innate characteristic that people will stop being bigoted against gay folks right like his his belief is that science will end prejudice um just because the german people are so scientific and like they'll have to accept this if i can just like prove it with enough rigor which is heartbreaking <laughs> yeah <laughs> that, um heartbreaking that he was very very wrong um and yeah, there, there's a number of things that are like really worth kind of within sort of the because he he's not he he's kind of come down now as this sort of um like saint like hero of the gay rights movement for good reason, but that does tend to flatten the fact that within his his day and within kind of the gay culture in Berlin in particular, there were a lot of people who were frustrated with him for a lot of reasons. Um, there were a lot of uh, so there's this there's this split in gay culture in this period of time between um, gay men who are seen as more effeminate and what are called the masculinists. Um, and the masculinists, they are not all or even mostly Nazis, but all of the gay Nazis are what you'd call masculinists, right? Who are like, I'm not having, like, like, like I, I am so manly that the only person I can have sex yeah. with is a man, right? Like, that, like yeah. I'm flattening even that quite a bit. But, like, you have guys like um, Ernst Rome, who is, is yeah. the he, head of the brown the shirts and is, 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 a, is a gay Nazi and is, like, that's, that's a significant, not an insignificant chunk of the Nazis. They all get murdered in the Night of Long Knives. And it is um, interesting that, that Rom was outed by anti-fascists. Yeah, he sure uh, was. Like, uh, two years before he was uh, murdered, and it was, it was, it was, tr he was specifically outed to so division within the nazi party yes um, and that does like also just playing it you know you're you were, you were talking about like you know people having debate over whether it's okay to out somebody um if they you know are part of bad organizations right that was mm -hmm. something we mentioned previously and yeah just a, like an interesting historical tidbit yeah and it's it's um so uh 
again, among like one of the things that the the masculinists are doing is like a lot of them are married to women, and they're they're actually fine with this because again, they think that like, well, you still need to like procreate and have like not. It's not even all just about being uh, having like a beard or whatever you want to call it. Some of it is just like this attitude that you have a responsibility to make more Germans for the fatherland. But like then when it comes to it's kind of like the Greeks, there were not wildly dissimilar concepts, and a lot of the masculinists ideologically are wrapped up in the work of Max Stirner. Um, and in fact, like the self owners, that first gay magazine exactly. is, ba- that is was a the first reference thing I to of. Stirner. That yeah. was, that, that, that um, was, I was like, Oh, that sounds like Stirner's egoism. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. There's a lot of that going. And we, 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 again, I, I want to at some point provide a lot more detail on this cause it's, it's all fascinating. Um, but there, there are these big sort of like this big split and there's a, a, he gets a lot of shit from the masculinists for, because he also studies lesbians heavily. Like there's a decent chunk of the gay male population in Berlin who is against the research and the medical practice he's doing to help trans people who is against his research on lesbians because they're like, well, this is this is the fight, right? Like we're the ones who are being legally cracked down on or whatever. Like, um, so there's a bunch of like different cleavages and fractures kind of within the community at this time. And Hirschfeld is not universally beloved. There are people kind of within the gay community who have a lot of issues with him. Um, and I just think it's important to note that because we often do again, kind of flatten things because the Nazis flattened things, right? Because these were all, it was all the same to them. Um, and and we often flatten them in a different way to where like, yeah, you've got this guy and he's the, he's the hero of the, of the, of gay Berlin. And he's this like thoroughly positive. No, there were a lot of people who hated him for like all these different reasons. Cause this was, uh, these, like all people had a million different kind of fractures and ideologies sort of running within, um, what, what, someone who was not well, looking in from the outside would have just called gay Berlin, you know? Um, and yeah, uh, obviously this all falls apart uh, or is, is cracked down horribly when the Nazis come to power. Um, Hirschfeld is doing a lot of some of, I mean, all of the very earliest research on like what it is to be transgender. And he is uh, performing surgery on like gender operations on, on trans people for the very first time. Um, and, and that, gets all kind of destroyed in in May of 1933, uh, which is about three months after Hitler becomes Reich's chancellor. Uh, Nazis sack Hirschfeld Institute for Sexual Science. They burn its library. Um, they go after a lot of 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 his of the people he had been working with and on are killed. Others have to flee. Um, Hirschfeld is thankfully out of the country on tour when the Nazis rise to power and just, you know, doesn't come back. Um, yeah, he, he, yeah. he sees, he watches his institute get burned and all of his, his research get burned in a, a, a newsreel in Paris. Uh, and he dies the next year. Um, yeah. So that's the, that's the, 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 the broad details of kind of the story of this early period, um, of, of the birth of kind of like a lot of our, our legal fights, uh, around, you know, gay rights and like the birth of kind of Western gay identity. Like this is where it comes from. And, and uh, yeah, um, there's a lot that's important in understanding this. And this is one of the points that gets made in gay Berlin. We often see the Weimar years as this kind of inevitable march towards fascism. And the reality is that there was 50 something years of, uh, of incredibly progressive movements on, on gender and sexuality um, and, you know, even outside of gay rights, just in terms of like attitudes towards democracy and attitudes towards the nature of like the state that were very progressive and very powerful and very popular. Um, and they do get, you know, it's important to understand both that like the Nazism was not inevitable, the regressivism and the violence and the, 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 like that kind of flattening of human life under the fascists was not an inevitable progression for Germany. Um, but it's equally impo- important to understand that, like, a tremendous so much progress had been made in German culture by the period of time when the Nazis rise, and it does get wiped out. You know, it does not recover right away. It's still no. recovering now. It's still in now, Germany. yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and in fact, one of the f- groups of people when when the Allies liberate the concentration camps, we don't free imprisoned gay people. They go back to prison. Because what they were doing was still seen as criminal. If you have the uh, is the pink triangle, 
You don't yeah. just get out because the Nazis, because you were in a concentration camp with these other people, because the Allies, uh, to a large extent, are like, well, that was, it was okay for them to punish those people. Anyway, that's the story. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and two-door cinema club. Me. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no Spice Girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. For just being me. Amy Winehouse, Back to Black, directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R, under 17, not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. Another, another interesting thing is, on like kind of on the same note, is that if you look through all old um, uh, German war photography from World War II, you will actually see a higher than average rate of uh men cross-dressing inside mm-hmm. photos now there's always the cross-dressing during war is not uncommon especially during like performances yeah uh, for like theater and stuff um because there's not as much women around but specifically uh comparing like the documentation of uh the nazis and all of and all of the german soldiers there was like yeah an absolutely higher than average uh amount of of people comfortable cross-dressing despite you know being a soldier for the Nazis, yeah, um, it is. It is like an yeah. It is an interesting thing in terms of how how some of those kind of more advanced views on sexuality still carried over, um, at least in like in terms of like gender presentation uh, among you know e- even even if you're among this genocidal group who's imprisoning gay people by the hundreds of thousands. Um, yeah, it's it just it just it just it just it just like kept happening. Yeah, it also sort of points to just like how bad everywhere else was also oh yeah like it's I mean, yeah it's a, it's a I mean, rough just, world for berlin just got so progressive that even when suppressed there was enough like stuff there that things could kind of there was there was still there was still a bit there's still a bit of some remnants um and i mean and it's still it got it, it did get horribly obliterated and it, and we're still recovering now in terms of our views and medical knowledge on like gender and you know social contracts, um, yeah. sexuality, you know all all this kind of stuff. Um, but yeah, the the German law code that made homosexuality illegal um, again after it was briefly more okay than it had been uh, doesn't get repealed until 1994. 
Yeah, I mean, a, a lot yeah. of a lot of sodomy laws did not get repealed until the nineties, and oh, a lot yeah. of cases uh, they're actually still around. Yeah, we just don't enforce the them. Yep. Like a lot of there's a lot of laws that are actually just still just hanging yeah. out. Texas had anti-sodomy laws on the book until uh, a 2003 Supreme Court case. Uh, yeah, made that, made, it, it invalidated all sodomy laws. Right, that's that's why there's some that are still on the books, but they they but they're now invalid. Yeah, prosecute people. Um, yeah, uh, I, yeah. Magnus Hirschfeld was pretty based, though. So was fucking yeah. Ulrichs. Some pretty based. <laughs> based. No, this is really interesting stuff, and then, yeah. that's why we wanted to talk about this is to kind of yeah. show the historical background and show like there's precedent for all of the same stuff happening before, mm-hmm. uh, and. You know, there's ways people fought fought against it back then who didn't necessarily succeed, um, yeah. but also did have a lot of progression and a lot of like views socially on these types of topics. You know, you just need to make sure that you're also very, very uh, aware of uh, the rise of fascism and being able to counter that as well, because they can just do so much damage in such a short, short amount of time, despite, you know, 50 years of progress. Yeah. Yeah. And I think I think. Understanding the fragility of everything that exists that, I don't know, I mean, there's, this is, you know, one of, one of the sort of American mythos is right, is that like the, the moral arc of the universe bends towards progress and then everything's yeah. like getting better. And that's not true. Nope. It's not. And like, like every, every, everything good that you see in this world is there because people fought for it. It, it was fought for. Yeah. yeah. And, and if they lose, it all goes away. Yeah. Yeah, it it we 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 absolutely could go back. It's like you have that. I mean, he backpedaled, but you have that Republican uh, legislator who was like um, <laughs> making comments about how he didn't think uh, the state should be forced to honor interracial marriages. Yeah. Um, and it's like, yeah, there's people who want to go back on all of that stuff, and they could do it. It doesn't even, and it doesn't matter. I like when people criticize, kind of like some of the the attitudes we have, the fear we have towards this, especially on, on the subreddit, I've seen people be like, well, look, these are not popular laws. And it's like, it doesn't matter. They weren't, yes. oh, yeah, absolutely. They, were, they weren't as popular. They weren't like necessarily all that popular in, in, in Germany, you know, when some, like a lot of the thing, not specifically even talking about what was done to gay people, but a lot of the things that were done by the Nazis were not necessarily popular. It, it doesn't yeah. matter. What matters we- is power. Yeah. And this like plays yeah. into how like what she's worth focusing on on electoralism and yeah. being like, yeah, these laws obviously aren't being uh pushed as far in blue states because there's not enough yeah. electoral power there. But that doesn't mean that we can flip Texas blue if we will it into being. Like there's so many other cultural factors that are keeping red states red. And yes, of mm-hmm. course, voting suppression, all of those things, gerrymandering, all these things are contributing factors, but the overall political bent of those states right now seems to be pretty firm because there's so many people invested in maintaining that power. So when mm-hmm. we complain about kind of how electoralism is not often a super reliable solution to securing these things over long stretches of time, it's more kind of talking about that because even though we have, you know, Democrats in power in the executive branch and they, you know, make statements about trying to secure things, they make they make some gestures, the follow through on those things is always so minimum and so bare. Yeah. Um, and there's it's like it's 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 the thing how like Trump was able to do so much. Um and now we have Biden so less willing to use executive power. This is the same thing that like oh like with with Obama and the Supreme Court when the Senate would refuse to put through any any candidates. Obama technically had the power could it, because the Senate refused to do to do their job. Um, there is a very strong argument that Obama could have just put someone into the Supreme Court uh, mm-hmm. because of the failure of what the Senate was doing. It was spe- specifically doing a thing that meant because they were not doing the job at all that it, he can't get he can't get fully put through. And we so we could have we, that could have happened, and Obama just didn't uh, because yeah. you know you want to play you want to be the good guy like you want to be the person who follows the rules, but the other side doesn't care about that. They are not playing a genuine game. They're not following the rules. They're doing whatever they can to win. So this this isn't about being plugged into lefty Twitter. I, I get I get almost none of my takes from lefty Twitter. I get well, them it's... from like reading reading stuff and thinking about how electoralism affects all of these issues and where to focus like my attention. Because no matter what I say or what I do, that's not going to affect whether Texas is blue or red. Yeah, and there's this 
I, I think like one of the things that is uh, an argument against Obama, you know, intervening in that way is like, well, that would have created precedent that would have like further centralized executive power and could have been used by their only if the Senate refused to do their job. Like, yeah, but you know, I mean, look at what we got. Look at the Supreme Court that we have, which now has know. a six to three bent conservatively. No, there was well, just and- another fucking shadow ruling today that was um, about um, uh, gerrymandering. And God, I was was it Wisconsin? Um, one sec, I'll, I'll look it up. But yeah, like you're, you're getting like the, we're we're already living through that scenario. Um, yeah, and it's, yeah. It, like, like like in this. I mean, this is in terms of centralization of power, like. Obama claimed the legal authority to kill any man, woman, or child, regardless of their citizenship, as as a U.S. citizen, without trial at the moment they left the United States. Mm-hmm. Like that that is that is the that is the authority that he claimed, like when you know, to, in order to in order to run the drone assassination program, and it's yeah. So like at that point, like yeah, okay, we 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 literally have a person who can go. I'm going to press a button and kill you, like. <laughs> like, and, oh and, no, and for, we might centralize more power. Like, uh, it's just. I mean, it's it's not even a centralization because it, it was specifically within the context of the Senate not doing their job. Um, and it kind of just all plays into like it seems like Democrats are more politically successful when they're losing. Like, it seems like they want the other side to be in power because that's when they actually do things politically. Then when they have power, they're just so scared to use it that they don't even do anything to really help people that much. Well, and and, and I mean, this is the other thing is that like, yeah, the the Democrats like, like. Most of like their their actual constit like they have they have two constituencies right they have like you know they 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 have the people they're passing tax breaks for and then they have a bunch of lo- they have a bunch of consultants and the consultants like the thing that they care about is campaign donations right because that's how they get paid yeah and yeah hey guess what happens when uh, you're in power oh people don't give you any people don't give you much money like this is this is this is a problem the no. right ran into in the eighties. They like, they get more power when they're they get more money when they're not in power because yeah. then they're trying to organize to get in power. But then yeah. once they're in there, it's like, oh wow, you're not really using the same power capabilities that the other side does when they're in charge, and yeah. they're all willing to play dirty politically. And we and for some reason the Democrats are not. Well, and because that I mean, just kind like, of they don't like that's the thing. Like they don't actually care about any of this stuff, right? This stuff is useful for them in terms of fundraising, right? But it's like. Yep. Yeah, I don't know. Like they, they don't like if, if if every trans person in the United States was killed, right? The Democrats would be sad for a little bit, and then they would move on. Like yeah. it's not that's 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 not a if, thing that. If you're in a hard blue state, we know what's more important than actually voting for support of like this kind of stuff is actually just giving trans people money. Like that is going to have much more of a positive political effect. It's <laughs> just give trans people money. Whenever yeah. you see a GoFundMe for a trans person, donate to that instead. That's going to have a much more uh lasting effect than voting if you're in you know new york or if you're in oregon right because like that those states are are, they're they're gonna be blue that's always gonna happen um but other states like uh like i I, texas oklahoma tennessee uh alabama like these are gonna be red states like there's and as much as we would be nice if yeah if democratic senators and and um, people in the house were in there instead, then yeah, these trans bills probably wouldn't be happening as much. Uh, but that's not going to happen. So if that's not going to happen, we should focus on other ways to do that politically. And yeah, sure, fixing ger- gerrymandering will be great, but I don't think you need me to tell you that. No. Anyway, we should probably... That's that's probably more or less a sewed. Um, that is a sewed. I, I will, I will, uh, I will plug uh, next week. If in, similar, similar on a similar train for... For kind of talking about queerness and fascism, um, which yeah, I, we are we are planning a, a two a two parter, which is a pretty going to be extensive deep dive into mm-hmm. explaining the curious case of Nazi cat boys. And Gar- Gar- Garrison says Garrison says we as if any of the rest of us had any choice in this. Garrison matter. Garrison forced this on us through it's, violence. Yes. <laughs> But yes, we we will be talking about this, which kind of touches on some similar topics in terms of like gender and sexuality and how it intersects with politics and how there can be, you know, seemingly contradictory claims of, you know, gay Nazis and all that kind of stuff. So similar, similar train will be kind of discussing that and how that works. Um, But yeah, this is a. End of Trans Week. Honestly, at this point, as we're ending, as we're ending it, I'm kind of more optimistic than I than I than I was when we started Trans Week. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, in terms of like watching kind of how some some of these bills have played out, how some of them were not were not fully carried through. Um, there is 
protests and stuff being organized. I know for March, I believe it's March 31st, which is a, a, a trans day of visibility. There's going to be protests in a lot of conservative states. Um, I know there's going to be, let me, let me actually, let me check. Cause I, I know there's, there's going to be, there's going to be multiple, multiple things happening and I will, I'm going to be trying to, I'm going to try to be in Idaho next, next week for that. Uh, cause there's going to be a protest in Boise, which I think Boise, I'll be. Boise Idaho. Mm -hmm. That's the place. But there's mm -hmm. gonna be yeah, there's gonna be events in Austin, uh, Tallahassee, Montgomery. Um, so yeah, I will uh, look up uh, tearitup.org uh, for event for uh, info on all of the events at different at different at, at in different states for for Trans Day of Visibility, March mm -hmm. March thirty first. And yeah, uh, uh, be gay, do crime. Yeah, throw bricks at transphobes. Yeah. All that stuff. It Could Happen Here is a production of Cool Zone Media. For more podcasts from Cool Zone Media, visit our website, coolzonemedia.com, or check us out on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. You can find sources for It Could Happen Here updated monthly at coolzonemedia.com slash sources. Thanks for listening. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Let's hit it. Give me a vacation. Vacation. Give me a wave. Surfing. Give me a city tour. The trolley. Give me animals. The zoo. Give me some sea life. <laughs> Give me museums. Park. Give me a woo. What's that spell? San Diego! If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your family vacation at san diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org.